Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Talking about personal values and how to identify them, not just how to identify them, but now how can we live in them? And so our biggest focus was where are our values rooted, right? And so we looked at uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 last week. It says, set your mind or your heart or your affections on things above, not on earthly things. And we, again, from the start said that earthly things are things that are of the world or media, and they create conflicting or wrong values, which tend to wreak havoc in our life. We buttoned up uh, our Philipp- Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, with Heather's favorite verse, which is Philippians 4, 8. It says this, uh, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there is any praise, dwell on these things. Think on these things. Dwell. Man, get them into your heart. And so we use these two scriptures in our home to... Um, to essentially enforce the value of positive thinking. We think positive. What does that mean? If you uh, join us for the house of faith, uh, talking about how we live in a relationship with God, you found and you know that, man, we live positive by um, our words and our words start with our thoughts. And so we're going to think positive. We're going to speak positive. We're going to think positive. Why are we thinking positive? Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 and Philippians 4, 8. These are in our family mission, Right. And so then you see these two things. We're going to think positive. Then we're going to speak positive. Why? Because out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks, right? The tongue has the power of life and death. We tend to live what we say. And so if we live in negative, in negative land, we tend to live negatively, right? If it's in positive, then we live positively. And so then we're going to think it. We're going to speak it. And the Bible says to believe what you say, believe what you have prayed, believe what you've said, because I want to see it. God wants to see it come to pass, right? And so we think it, we speak it. We believe it, concrete, 100%. I am going to have what I say because I'm standing in faith on the word and that's where my values are built, right? So then because we've think, said, and believed, we live. And that's what it means to live out what, it, what thinking positive is. Our thoughts become our actions, right? Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. So then we want our words and our actions to align. That's what creates authenticity. It's what builds trust with people. It's what builds trust in your house is when you do what you said you were going to do, ooh, harmony, and your wife smiles at you, right? And your husband is happy with you because you said, I'll do that, and you did it, right? Or you say, you claim one thing, and you live what you claim. That's that's what it means to think positive, set our mind on things above. And so today we're going to pick up in Colossians chapter 3, but we're going to go verse 5 through 11. It's really 5 through 10, but 11 is a, is a, um, it's a target verse. It's in here, I believe, intentionally on purpose for, uh, from God, for you and for me. And so it spoke to me again today. It's going to continue to speak to me for the rest of my life. And so I hope it'll do the same for you. And so let's read Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 through 11. If you brought your Bibles, you can turn there. If you're on uh, an app, Version Bible app is the best app to use, by the way, for uh, the Bible. It has every version you can possibly imagine. We start in verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, right? Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. 
You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed. This is great, man. If you're engaged in a relationship with God, if you've received Jesus, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. It's daily. To be renewed, it's daily. So it's a daily walk. It's a daily relationship. Every relationship is a two-way street. And so put on the new self, which is being renewed daily in the knowledge of him, right? Verse 11, because here there is neither nor Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free. But, thank you for the but, but Christ is all and in all, all unity. What I wanted you to see is verse 5 really restates verse 1, Colossians 3 verse 1. You are raised to life in Christ. Verse 6 scares the crap out of everybody, okay? As well it should, because God made it very simple for us. Love Him with everything you have, and love your neighbors yourself. If you do these two things, everything else will take care of itself. Verse 7 and verse 9 restate verse 3. Your old life is gone, hidden. It's once lived. Verse 8 restates verse 2. Fix your thoughts. Verse 10 restates verse 4. You now walk with God. Live like it. Live like it. And then verse 11 just needs preached 24-7. There is one race, the human race. Jesus died for all, is all, is in all. Human race. And so then if you're taking notes, I hope you caught that. Verse 5 and verse 1 are brothers. Verse 7 and 9 relate to verse 3. Verse 8 relates to verse 2. Verse 10 relates to verse 4. And verse 11, we need to live out by loving one another like we love ourselves. And so what's the point today? What's the point today? What are we taking from Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 and 10? We must live what we claim to value. This brings harmony to our life. Brings harmony to your life. Both if you're married in that relationship, if you got a boyfriend or a girlfriend in that relationship, man, I can't tell you how many, how many student athletes I've coached where they got girl problems because football or sports or the weight room is taking time from them. You have to live what you believe. You have to live your values, right? And so then live what we claim to value. Springs harm into your life. And so what's that mean? It's really a focus on verses 5 and verse 8. And just hang with me because this is not real fun stuff to talk about. Well, we're talking about building values for your life. And so I believe you're hanging. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Period. Earthly nature. Here, now, if you remember last week's message. If you missed that, please go back and get it. Put to death, therefore, whatever brings whatever belongs to your earthly nature. It's not eternal, right? Sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Rid yourselves, verse 8, of all things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. These are terrible things to value. I think everybody would agree on that. Well, I don't value any of that crap. It's all crap. It's trash. What it is, trash. 
right? That's what we say. And so some are media, some are traps, some are addictions, but all of them tend to make your life trend negatively, right? They're the wrong values. And if you want to live a life built on lasting values, verse 5 and verse 8 is a great reminder, hey, this is not where your focus needs to be. If you think about it, we were told in verse 1 and 2, set your mind, forget the past, set your mind on things above. And you would say to me, well, I don't value those things. I don't value those things. And I would love to agree with you. And I'm not saying that you do value those things at all. Probably not. Probably not. Right? The reality is, is, is you might not knowingly value them, but they have a place in your life. Do they? Is the question this morning. And so I'm asking you that because what comes in goes out. And it's so easy for us to justify the things that we allow in, right? And if we don't have solid, consistent values, then we justify the trash that we allow into our lives, right? Oh, well, it's just this. I'm just watching this show for this season. Oh, man, I know the lyrics are trashy to that song, but it's got such a good beat. I used to to say both these things, and I'm not saying I don't, right? And so what comes in goes out. You You become what you surround yourself with. So then, what are you surrounding yourself with? If you're taking notes, just write that down real quick. What right now am I surrounding myself with that's negative, right? Music, TV, video games. Guys, I'm not trying to sound super old here, but video games when I was growing up versus video games today, violence is at like, it's insane on video games right now. And so it is what it is. What are you surrounding yourself with? What are the movies you're watching, right? The next thing is you're the average of the top five people you hang around. Show me the five people you hang around the most and I can show you who you are. I know in a quarantine, I look like a little kid right now because I'm hanging around four little kids and a wife, right? (laughs) So it's all good. It's all good. But outside of this, in, in, in your normal life, what, what was or what will be, you show me the top five people hanging around and I can show you who you are. And so if you surround yourself with negativity, how will you live? Negative. Because your thoughts become your words, your words become your actions, right? And so it's easy to justify, well, I'm just doing this for this. Or And again, when you can justify those things that let you know that your values aren't rooted really deep, Okay, it leads us to kind of have that um, just cause mentality. Well, just cause. I'm just doing this just cause. Well, right now, right now I'm doing this. You don't know why, but it's just the popular thing to do. Media, the wrong value. And so everybody else is doing it. I'm going to do it. Right. And so if you surround yourself with negativity, you're going to live negatively. Matthew 6.22 says, this is so good. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But, verse 23, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? That's a lot. Let me do it again, okay? Matthew 6, 22-23, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But, if your eyes are unhealthy your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Well, Dusty, it's not very great at all, right? 
I love this verse because we teach our kids the eyeball principle, which means not only when you're listening to somebody, you're going to look them in the eye, but also when you shake a hand, you're going to look them in the eye. When uh, somebody gives you a compliment, you're going to look them in the eye. When somebody tells you thank you, you're going to look them in the eye because the eyes are full of light. It's countenance, right? And so then what you need to think on is this. If you think back in the past, who are the people who avoid eye contact with you? Who are the people who, um, when you look in their eyes, you can tell they're hurt just by looking at their eyes. I'm not saying they have the puppy dog, poor me, feel sorry for me face. But when you look in their eyes, you can see brokenness, bitterness, anger, hurt. Who are those people? And that's due to what? Light or darkness? That's it. It's, it's that simple. And so Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says this. You say, what's well, the light and the dark? I don't know what you're talking about, Dusty. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, you are the light of the world, people. <laughs> Come on, people. People don't light lamps and put them under bowls. Instead, they put them on their night on their stand or nightstand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that people may see well, this is good. See your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Notice it and say, hey, shine a light so people can hear you. Right? They want to see. That's leadership 101, man. Show me. Don't tell me. If you'll show me, I'll listen. If you're telling me, I don't have time for, for you to tell me. Okay? And so, see, not hear. So other people may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Your good deeds are fueled by your relationship with God not a striving to stay in good standing, right? And so the question then is, how do we walk in light, Dusty? That's a lot of good stuff. Great biblical um, base for where we're going. But how do we walk in light? You have to have the correct values. You have to have the correct values. You must value the right things. What do the correct values start with? You should all be able to say this now. This is our third week. What do the correct values start with? Our authority, God, our source, the Bible, right? Remember those two questions. Who's your authority? God. What's our source? The Bible. Lasting values start with a lasting God and are built on his lasting word. This is no cliche. This is no cliche. We've just become numb to the Bible, or it's been played out. This has been played out in our life. And it's especially been played out for the generation behind me and almost obsolete for the generation behind them. And if we lose this, we lose, we lose our kids, we lose the church, we lose the Bible, we lose God. And when God is lost, that's all hell's going to break loose, right? And so... We have to approach uh, the Sunday message and our daily in our daily reading time like we've never heard it before, like we've never read it, read it before, because God's mercies are new every morning. And it doesn't matter how many times I read through um, Proverbs or John or Matthew or Revelation or Exodus, it's new every time because I'm expectant, right? And so, lasting values start with a lasting God. God is the same today, 
yesterday and tomorrow, right? Built on lasting word. What do they call it? They call it the living Bible. It's the living word. It changes every day. It says the same thing, but it's revealed to you differently the more depth and the more spiritually mature you become. And so then we become numb to that. We've checked the box so many times that the box is worn through. Have you ever had that piece of paper where you just like, when your goes scratch a pen, you're just trying to get ink them out, and you've done the same thing, and it wears a hole through the paper to when you're writing on the table? That's the box we've checked. We've checked that box so much that it's worn all the way through. And we think the wear is maturity. It's really just motion. That's for somebody because that was not in it. That was not in the message. We think that wear, checking that box, just check the box. Check. We think that is maturity because look at it and it's worn, it's tattered, torn. Of that. There's like a, some guys in Oklahoma that have these skull rings in their pants. It's like a sign. If you're like a cowboy or you, you've had skull, man, when your pants show your skull can without the skull can in it, man, that's like meaning something. What does that mean? It's the same thing this box means. Nothing, Nothing right? It's probably time for a new pair of jeans. Right time for a new checklist. Time for a new checklist. No, we're just hang on to it. And we're saying, man, look at that. Look at that. Ain't it beautiful? I've got the picture from the 1939, uh, World Championship, Detroit Lions. Okay. Anyways, I've got this picture. Well, if I keep looking at that picture like this today, it's false. We we all know that the Lions haven't won a championship like ever, right? Thirty nine. And so, if you if you think about your your list like that, or your books like that, and you look at the wear, and you think, man, because that picture is classic. It's amazing. All black and white. Looks great. Looks great. But it's not today. Right, and it's not maturity. We're we're not that team anymore. And so then, if you think about if you think about it, like I can check this box as much as I want to, but checking the box doesn't create maturity. It's just emotion. It's just emotion. So, if you want lasting success, you're gonna have to build that success on lasting values. Those lasting values are built on a belief in God and His Word. Period. And and I'm gonna let it set now. I won't tell you that again. The Bible is a tool. That was left for us to use. It's a roadmap to guide our days. What are our values? Our values are what guide our day, right? They're rooted in the Bible. Psalms 119.37. I've got two versions of this. I'm going to give you the Holman and the NIV. Psalms 119.37 says, "Turn." Is, this is David, and he's talking to God. And he says, Turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Give me life in your way. Whew. Give me life in your ways. The NIV says, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. That's good. Isn't that what Colossians verse 3, um, 5 and 8 are saying? And even if you go back into um, verse uh, 3 of Colossians, it is, turn my eyes from what is worthless. Help me to turn my eyes toward you, Right? And so then the question I have for you today, I have three questions. If you're taking notes, you want to write these down. Do your habits confirm your values? Do your habits confirm your values? Remember that just cause values lead to mediocrity. And so how you can kind of uh, dig on this is Exodus 23.2 says, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. If you value the wrong things, your life is going to trend negatively. That's it's, it's common sense. We all know that, 
right? And so then Exodus 23, 23.2, do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. It's real easy for the media to dictate what we're going to do. Don't do it. Be who you are, not whoever else, who everybody else is. Uh, verse two, or second, second question. Do your friendships build you up or tear you down? Do your friendships bring you life or do they exhaust you? Right? This is, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Don't be fooled, misled, or deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Man, it can't get any more plain than that. Again, this is the Bible. This isn't me. I'm just telling you what God said for us. Don't be fooled, misled, or deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. And I would ask you the same thing. Do your habits bring you life? Do the things that you do bring you life or do they wear you out? Do you, do, is it one of those things where you make the decision? I love these times in our life. You make the decision like, man, we're doing that. I can't wait. Let's go. And the closer the time comes to me, you're like, oh man, I really wish we wouldn't have done this. Like we've got all this to do. And you can always find an excuse, right? To not hold to or hold true to what you said. And so, does what you do bring you life? I just threw an extra question in. Um, or does it exhaust you? And the same thing. Do your friendships build you up or tear you down? And number three, how do you treat other people? How do I treat other people? This is huge, especially if you're in leadership or you're in business. Um, do I use them or do I serve them? Do I use them or do I serve them? Matthew twenty sixteen says the last will be first. And the first will be last. It's not about what you have. It's about who you have. How do you treat other people? Here's the biggest question. You want to know how good you are to people? Do they know you? Do they know you? Here's the kicker, man. Yes, they do. So you would say, oh, it's good. Now, here's the, here's the real question. Do you know them? This Punched me in the gut because I had a lot of people who knew me. Guess how many people I really knew? Not many. Not many at one point in my life. And that's it. The last will be first, the first will be last. Do I use people or do I serve people? How do I know? Do they know me? How many people know you? How many followers do you have? How many likes do you have? How many, uh, you know, how many people, how many text messages? How many red notifications do you have? Do you know how many people? Do you know who I am? Yeah. Good for you, right? That's how I used to think. Now, do you know them? Do you know them? Do you know all those red notifications? Or are you just using them to get something done? Right? 2 Corinthians 5.16 says, We are careful not to judge people by what they seem to be, though we once judged Christ this way. Don't look to people for people, for something, because they are someone first. Be careful. Be careful not to judge people by what they seem to be, because we once judged Jesus this way. The world says, use people to get things. And I'm just kind of parking on the third, on the third question right now. The world says, use people to get things. God's point of view is to use things to love people. It's a huge point if you're taking notes. The world says, use people to get things. God says, use things to love people. Again, that's what outreach should be. If you're a church leader right now or a pastor, that's so many pastors start following me since we've done this, which is great. It is an honor. 
if you're in the church world, outreach to build the kingdom of heaven is very simple. Consistent, repeatable, connecting them to Jesus. If the outreach doesn't do that, it's just a handout. And so if we're not connecting people to Jesus through the outreach, then it's just a way for us to check the box and say, we did shoot a great, great, big, fancy uh, video and put it out there and let everybody know, look at what we did. I'm not going to do that. And that's not why we're here. The outreach is the excuse to love people. The outreach is the excuse to love people. And so it's easy to live for right now, but what does that leave? We talked a little bit about this last week. Um, but when you're living for right now, especially through people, um, what does that leave? Is there a legacy behind when you do that? When you, when you lead with that mentality, does, um, are people affected by, um, by the way that we use them or by the way that we serve them, right? What legacy do we leave? And then, when you live for right now, all you know is, um, and, and this is, this is, I'm still talking relationally. When you live for right now, all you know is I've got to run the race well, but I need to stop and stretch. But I can't stop and stretch because I'll get passed and all these other people will pass me in the race. But if I don't slow down to recover, <laughs> I'll fall out of the race. So I've got to keep going. So I've got to keep going. Is it worth it? That, what I just said, was my life for a long time. And it was exhausting. And I would say I can run. Like, I like I love, 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 love getting stuff done. I love checking that box. Matter of fact, I left a mark on my deal because I checked it so much. I love it. I love it. But it's a blind, and I realize it's a blind spot for me. So there has to be balance. It's not that we can't do it. There has to be balance. Everything in life has a price tag, right? And so every time you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. Every yes is a no to something else or to someone else, right? And so then most of the time, the yes that we, that, that we give is for something, which means we are saying no to someone, right? Could be spouse, uh, could be your mom and dad, could be a parent, could, who, who knows who it is. But every yes to some thing or someone is a no to something or someone. And so it could be yes to a boss. If you say yes to your boss because, well, need that raise, want to, you know, get some extra credit, the brownie points, need a bonus. And I say yes to him. I have to understand I'm saying no to my spouse, to my husband or my wife. I have to say, I have to realize when I tell him yes, I'm not just saying no to him or her. I'm saying no to my kids. I didn't tell them no and have to. My actions told them. My actions told them, right? And so Matthew 16, 26, it says this, what will it benefit a man to gain all that? To gain all the extra credit, the bonus, the, the, all that, the world, right? Whatever the media tells you you need to have. It says, what does it benefit you to gain everything that the media tells you? Everything that the world says is good, but to lose your life. Or what will a man give in exchange for his life? What will a man give in exchange for his life? Is it for people? Or is it for things? I love the message translation of this scripture, so I'm going to read it. This is Matthew 16, 24 through 26. It really, it's challenging. It's challenged me. And so uh, that's just the, the way that I like to lead. And so um, I don't believe that we can come in and sing Kumbaya every weekend and move forward in our faith. We have to be challenged and move forward. 
And so Matthew 16, 24 through 26 says this. It says, Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who tends to come with me has to let me lead. Where's your value rooted? You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Build your values. I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Good grief. I wish I would have learned that like, I don't know, 12. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, serving. My way. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to finding yourself, your true self. Your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your life for? What could you ever trade your life for? Then Jesus went on to work, went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your life for? What could you ever trade your soul for? A lot of people are trading their soul for the wrong values. And they come home at the end of the day and they're confused or they're lost, concerned, stressed, conflicted. And they want to know, what the heck? It's supposed to be better than this. I thought, you know. And when we value the wrong things, we lose everyone around us. We lose the things that are the most important to us, the who's around us. Have you ever wondered this? I never did, so um, the answer to this is probably going to be no, but if you're a great, you know, if you're a very mature thinker, you probably are. You probably thought this. You ever wondered, what matters most? What matters most? What I think or what God thinks? What matters most? What I think is important or what God thinks is important? Understanding that that thought, if we would just go, hmm, you know the answer, Right? But dadgummit, it's hard to pull ourselves out of that seat. Every choice we make determines our values. If you're taking notes, every temptation is a choice for either short-term relief or long-term reward. This buttons up very well with last week's message. Every temptation is a choice for either a short, for either short-term relief or long-term rewards. So you have to ask yourself, God or me? But man. The clarity and the growth that come when you understand that God is in me. It's both and. It's not either or. It's not God or me. It's God and me. It's God and me. And when we get that connected, then we start saying, oh, so he really did. He really did give me. He really did give me this. And this really is, this really is to use and guide my life. This is it. This is the way, right? And so Mark 10, 31 says this, Many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem to be the least important now will be the greatest then. What is then? Then is heaven. Heaven is where our reward is. Remember, Wherever your heart is, 
that's also where you'll find your treasure, right? Wherever your heart is, that's also where you'll find your values. You can't follow Jesus without a shift in your values. It's impossible. You can't follow Jesus without a shift in your values. It's not about the feeling of the world. It's about the reward in your eternity. Okay? Paul in Philippians 3 said, I once thought these things were so important, but now I consider them worthless. I once thought that everybody's opinion, that what the media, that what the world, that what the new car, that what the big house, you name it, right? Those are all things that we always use. They're different for you than they are for me. Paul says, I once thought these were all so important, but I consider them worthless so I can have Jesus. So I can have Jesus. Success in your life is living by the values that God rewards. Big point. Success in your life is living by the values that God rewards. If you give up what you can keep for what you cannot lose, you'll always succeed. If you give up what you can not keep for what you cannot lose, you will always succeed. Five things to take note and work through this week. They're very, very simple. Five things. Here's one. Here's number one. How can you build your life on values that are going to last for eternity? You have to answer that. Two, settle the issue of authority in your life. God is your creator. God's the reason you woke up this morning. You can breathe. You can see. You can walk. You can talk. God. Excuse me. Build your values based on the source that God gave you. The Bible. The Bible. Start digging. Use Colossians chapter 3. We talked about a couple of values already today. I'm not saying those are your values, but man, when you look at Colossians chapter 3, you see that I think it's titled in some in some Bibles, Rules for Holy Living. Don't look at it as rules. It's not, they're not rules. It's a guide. It's a guide. God gave it to you, right? Number four, choose long-term rewards over short-term relief. Don't choose what's easy. Choose what's best. Let everything you do honor and matter to God. Let everything you do honor and matter to God. 2 Corinthians 4.15, we're told, all of this is for your benefit. Word for word. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Why? Because all of this, all of this, all of Jesus is for your benefit. If you're a note taker, when defining your values, have patience, have compassion, and keep it simple. Keep it simple. Our list went from 13 to 11 to 9 to 8 to 6. We get pressure to make it 5, but it's 6 right now until God tells us different. Right? And so, have patience, have compassion. Not just on others, on yourself. And keep them simple. Go beyond your mind and find who you are. Go behind, go beyond what you see, right? Don't get caught and lost in smoke and mirrors. Don't settle for who others say you are. Who does God say you are? Be present. Be present. Experience tomorrow then, okay? Experience today now. 
be in the moment, be present. I'll close with this. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 10, and 11. But by the grace of God, I am who I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. It's a gift. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether I was, it was I, sorry, sorry. Therefore, whether it was I or they, we preach and they believe. We preach and they believe. How do we preach? Well, that's up to you, Pastor. That's not my question. No, no, no. How do we preach? How do we preach? With words and actions. It's who we are. Live your life. First Timothy 4.12. Live your life as an example. Word, deed, purity, faith, and everything. Show people who Jesus is. It's we are to constantly learn who God is, live like Jesus, and lead others to do the same. And when we live as an example, we preach. Our life is an example. I got a friend who says, live your life as an example, even if you have to use words. It's all in how you walk and talk. Remember how we started. Think positive, right? We've set our mind right, right? So we think, speak, believe, and live. And as we live, we don't have to show off. We have to show out. We just live. And we live as an example because we're rooted in the Bible. That's where our values are found. And we follow Jesus. And because we do that, people see. Something different about that dude. She's different. She's light. Something different. And if there is, then that will spark a conversation. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefine Church, you can visit us online at liveredefine.com. Follow us on social media at Redefine Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.